0: And go! He could go all the way! Touchdown! 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 The Bills make me wanna shout! Kick your heels up and oh, Coming up the middle, free safety, gotta get a go! Allen steps up. jumps over the defenders to pick up the first! Now come on and
1: shout! Breakaway, Becker walking right in, scores!
0: Yeah. yeah! Yeah! Buffalo's
1: hotline! Kelly, with a deep drop, takes a long look. He's got a man open.
0: Andre Reed. he's in the end zone for a touchdown. Got
1: yeah. the spirit! Yeah! Oh, do you do? One second remaining on the clock! Jay Clayton wins it in you know, overtime!
0: Let's go, Buffalo! Let's go, Buffalo! Let's go, Buffalo! Let's go,
1: Buffalo. Make me wanna Nobody circles the wagons Like the Buffalo Bills
0: Alright, welcome to episode 20 of One Before I Die uh, Second episode ever recorded Live in studio, in basement <laughs> <laughs> Cause Ethan is home Ethan's back in town for the holidays um, So we're Recording this live together Not over, not over the Skype um, Bills Big Bills game yesterday, obviously didn't come out on top and then we have uh, Sabres do as well. It was a big Saturday for Buffalo sports. Um, <laughs> and uh, Ethan and I were uh, had, had a nice little day on Saturday. So, you know, it didn't come out the way we planned it to, obviously, for the Bills. But it was a good day all around. And, I mean, there's some definitely some positives to take away from the game. Um, the game to talk about, obviously, is the Patriots game that we had final score was 24 to 17. Dude you cannot make me laugh right now. Um, I mean Ethan well let's get you introduced to you. How's it going?
1: Pretty good. I'm you know just tired right now playing through the pain. Um, Had a big day like you said yesterday. Went back to back. We had boots on the ground Sabres game. You know boots in Buffalo for the Bills game at the bar. Um, You know like you said the result didn't you know, it wasn't it wasn't didn't come out in our favor, but we had a good time. Um, you know, went one for two on the day, but yeah, it was just another disappointing day to watch the Bills play the Patriots when it came down to it. So
0: yeah, uh, I mean the the Buffalo parlay we were both on didn't come through. Obviously, that would have been a nice little nice little sprinkle on that. Also, sprinkled Duquesne nice minus nine and a half. Only got nine on that. Tough one there, not undefeated anymore either. Stop, <laughs> but you guys know who cares about, about, about this. <laughs> um, but anyway, let's talk about this Bills game first, and then we'll get into the Sabers talk. Uh, so, like I said, twenty-four seventeen, Patriots beat us, and you know the game didn't really mean too much going into it. Obviously, I know you know you're sitting there listening. Oh well, if we won and then the Patriots lost out, we won the, the listen. The Patriots weren't going to lose to the Dolphins in Week 17. We know that this was more of a measuring stick game. This was more of a hey, can we beat the Patriots for once in our lifetime type game um especially after the first the first time we played the Patriots this this year you know it was a close game we knew how we kind of lined up with them but this is a different build scene that we have now that you know than we did at the beginning of the year so yeah it didn't really mean much as in terms of playoff seating I mean I I know it could have with the division but that probably was going to happen anyway but it was just still one of those you know Patriots games hate the Patriots see if we can actually beat them and you know when it came down to it we couldn't and it was it was frustrating. I thought there's, you know, like I said, some positives to take away from it. I thought we played a pretty solid game, but it's kind of the same, you know, week in and week out. Being a dead horse, I feel like. The defense plays well and the offense struggles to move the ball. I mean, thoughts on you know, what were your thoughts
1: on the, the game? Yeah, I mean you summed it up pretty well. Um, I thought Josh Allen, you know, made some nice throws. But yeah, it's just more of the same. Defense plays well. Offense struggles with the ball. Um, But I I really think the defense didn't play as well as I was really expecting to. I was looking at the stats after the game. Saw the Patriots offense had over 400 yards of offense, which is kind of really uncharacteristic for this Bills defense. I know that – you know this it just wasn't as
0: dominant you know I mean we, didn't, yeah. we we only went up 24 points and you know we had a turnover and the but thing, I know what you mean they were putting together long drives
1: yeah I think that was dominating the game was just how the, you know how the game was pacing where um, the pay, the page was really dominating the time of possession um you know they were just putting like you said long, long drives they're holding on to the ball keeping our defense on the field turning our guys out <laughs> And then when our offense would get the ball, we weren't able to do you – know, we weren't able to counter that with another long drive where they would get a first down, but then we'd have to punt it and get it right back to Brady. Um, I mean, the Patriots, they're just, you know, like I said last week, they they don't really consider us a rival. We consider this a, a rivalry. And, you know, as much as I liked a lot of things that happened yesterday, I mean, it was a close game till the end. You know, we had a shot again like the Ravens to win it. I mean, not to win it, but to tie it up, and you know, in the last drive, and we, you know, missed. But it just—I don't know. For the most of the game, even when we were up, I—I I was never confident. And I know that that's just how I get when I watch Bills Patriots games. But yeah, I mean, it was nice seeing that we're finally close. Where you don't go into the, these games thinking that it's just going to be a blowout by this, you know, end of the first half now. But until we actually beat the Patriots and you know contend for. A division title, I mean it's just more of the same, um you know it doesn't matter, you know they don't ask how you get there, they ask you how many, and uh, we still don't have a division title and you know the foreseeable past here, so
0: right, yeah, and no, all that's true, but I mean, I think it was nice, like you said it, we go into these games and we don't expect to blow it anymore, which is which is pretty huge, I mean, I think it's objectively this Bill's team is a pretty solid team, and what i what I actually liked from it was. You know, Belichick, throughout the years of watching him, he's probably we, – we've said this before that he's probably one of the greatest, you know, halftime adjustment coaches of all time. He, he gets – after the first half and then, you know, he turns it off in the second half and they kind of, you know, put you to sleep. I thought it was, you know, it was, it was nice seeing the Bills able to stick with him the whole way and also come out with a little bit of fire in the second half. You know, that, that's where they scored that long uh, route to John Brown where he burned Gilmore on that touchdown. A nice little route there. So – the, the fact that we're sticking with them all the way to the end, and obviously, you know, we were talking before we started recording, the Bills, the past three games, have played like the three best defenses in the league with the Patriots, the Steelers, and the Ravens. Before the Ravens, right. So, we, we, like Dad said, we've kind of gone through a gauntlet here, and, you know, to be, you know, driving down on that Patriots defense at the end of the game, you know, it, it was it was encouraging, and it, it was something that I liked to see. and. And, you know, we couldn't get the job done, obviously, but obviously I'm the more optimistic one on this podcast, and it was a good game. I didn't think we were going to win. Obviously it didn't happen, but, I mean, you got to take some positives from it, and we're in the playoffs. And, you know, there wasn't as much expectations, I guess, because it was the Patriots team, and they had, had something on the line as well. But um, it was a pretty pretty solid performance, and, I mean, we can get to a little bit of specifics, I guess, about the game. I wanted to talk about the end of the first half. I mean, I had no – I mean, if you could have told me what was going to happen in the, the first half, that would have been my last option um, of what, we, what was going to happen. What I'm talking about is we are going down. I think we had two timeouts left, and we had the ball. And you've seen it so many times this year where the Bills, you know, they just tuck their tail and go to the locker room and reassess. You know what I mean? And we ended up throwing that long bomb to Knox, get it down, and then we ended up scoring to Dawkins on that play. I mean, that was, that was insane and the bar we were at was absolutely rocking. I mean, thought, thoughts on that whole scenario and, and just the end of the half?
1: Yeah, I mean, it was – honestly, it was kind of a momentum, a huge momentum shift there because we were going about to go in the half, down 10-3, to three, and for us to, you know, hit that long pass to Knox and then to, to not settle for the field goal there and still give Allen a sh- one more shot. with I think we had six seconds on the clock um, when, we, when he threw that ball to Deion Dawkins. So, I, you know, it was it was great to see that Dabble was, you know, aggressive there and um, didn't, like I said, didn't settle for the field goal and still, still gave his uh, players to make a, a play. And, you know, it was an incredible play call. Um, you know, I, I mean, the Patriots obviously didn't see that coming. Dawkins was wide open. It's like um, something
0: that the Patriots do teams, you know, at the, right. at
1: the first half. It's usually the opposite there. Yeah, it was kind of like a little Philly special from the Super Bowl kind of type play that – like you're saying, like the Patriots would, would call something like that, or you know, a team not like the Bills would would, uh, would call something like that. Um, so yeah, I mean, love the play call, huge huge play sequence of plays there. Uh, Knox, he's a gamer. I mean, I know that he has some issues um, catching the football and in plays
0: he catches the hard ones. Yeah, and, you know, drops the easy ones.
1: Yeah, but I mean, he's he's obviously a a guy that's. You know, wants to win, and, and it's kind of it's kind of like the same mentality. Um, that's what I like about this team is a lot of the young players kind of have the same mentality that Allen shows. I think Singletary shows that, not Knox shows, where they're very competitive, but they're humble guys, um, and they're kind of you know willing to do anything to to win. They're not very flashy. They're not going to be the guys Jeez. that are going to be your studs on your fantasy teams, but they're going to be the guys that are going to find a way to get things done and they're just super competitive and gritty. Definitely, no,
0: 100% agree. Also, uh, we can, you know, glance over, kind of buried the lead here on opening Patriots drive, Poyer force fumble. Um, I mean, that was absolutely huge. I mean, I mean, I mean the Patriots and, and Brady, <clears throat> excuse me, and their offense this year has objectively been bad. Um, I mean, we knew that going in that it's just not the same Patriots teams that we've seen in the past. They rely more on their defense. <clears throat> and their offense hasn't been good but I mean they kind of you know they they did play a little bit better on Sunday like Ethan said they put up over 400 yards and they're moving the ball in the first half like we said earlier they're getting chunk yards and and I mean player huge play by him force a fumble huge one minute shot for right off the bat but another you know another can't take advantage of the opportunity and we've we say this every week I feel like but yeah, we got points out of it this time. We got three points. Hoshka bang the field goal out, but after we get a turnover like that and Micah Hyde picks up the ball and runs it back to, I think, their own like 40 or 50 or 40 short field there, we got to start converting on these points or else we're not going to win. We're never going to win these, these games against the Patriots, so we're never going to win the, a playoff game or the wild card game. Those are the type of plays and the points that are left on the board that I feel like is the next step that this team needs to make and that next step that Allen needs to make. You know, he has shown – a lot of improvement since the beginning of this year. And I think he's made a lot of, you know, watch, watching film and seeing how he played his first game as a Patriots. I think he realized that he gave them, you know, too many opportunities by him turning the ball over. But when we get turnovers, we need to capitalize on those as well. And it's something that one part we haven't really improved with. Um, we got to just turn these, you know, short fields
1: into points. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a no-brainer. You're not saying anything that, I uh, you know, I think that's – you know crazy here <laughs> no, gotta, I know I'm, I just gotta you gotta say it you know what I mean yeah uh, you, you gotta score when you turn when you get turnovers and uh you know the good teams make the bad teams pay when when they turn the ball over, so like you said when you're you're playing the Patriots, it's just annoying because. <laughs> Like I
0: said, I think Allen has improved in many aspects. It's just that offense as a whole, it seems like we can never – It's especially when it's early on in the game. We, we take a while to get going. I, I feel like we take a while – Dabble takes a while to read the defense and what they're bringing us. It's something that we always take a little bit too long to get in the game on offense, which kind of scares me a little bit. Um, it's yeah, just, it's just one of those things we haven't had. Yeah,
1: yeah. no, I agree.
0: Um but anyway, I mean, moving forward, was there any other specifics about the game that you wanted to get to? Or I, I don't know, I kind of want to talk about, like, what I want to bring up we were talking about earlier is the whole, you know, obviously next week's gaming against the Jets doesn't really, it doesn't mean anything. So we were talking, are we going to rest all our starters? What What are we going to do in that aspect of it? Because... We coming off the bye this week, this year, not good. Coming off long rest the day after uh, the week after we played Thanksgiving on extra rest, we didn't play well that game either. So, I mean, do you have, you have to you know, raise the question, do we want to rest all our starters? Or do you want to give them at least a half or something? Because it seems like when we have extra rest, then we come up flat that next game. And so, I mean, obviously you don't want injuries and, and there's a whole bunch of stuff that goes into it, but is it worth, you know, putting them out there for a little bit to, you know, just keep the boys in the mood, to, you know, and play football and not, not you knocking too much of a wall here or what, what are we do, What are we thinking there?
1: Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's definitely something that I'm kind of worried about because like, like I said, you know, our team and the coaching staff isn't used to being in the situation where, you know, we don't have the experience. We're not Belichick and Brady where, you know, they, they make the playoffs every year and they've already clinched before week 17. So it's, not a big deal if Brady doesn't play because he'll be, you know, ready to go for the first playoff game. Um, whereas Allen being a, you know, a young QB, this is to me his first time in the playoffs. He's not really used to, um, you know, his body's not used to how how it's going to operate at this time of year after already playing a full season in the NFL. It's his, f- you know, first full season in the NFL as a starter. Um, and so, I, you know, I don't know. It was like – like you said, I brought up earlier that coming off of our bye week this year, we had one of our down games, I'd say. we um, got the Dolphins. Yeah, I mean, we won. But I, that was like the game that I, I think all the Bills fans can remember. That, that was, was the very, start of the, very ugly.
0: That was the start of the three-game stretch where our defense couldn't stop
1: the couldn't run. run. Stop the run. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, that scares me a little bit. I guess if I was McDermott, I'd probably treat it as a preseason game where give – I'd kind of treat it like, not like the third preseason game, but maybe like the first or second where you give your offense, I don't know, a couple of drives just to keep get, keep Allen fresh that he's, you know, it, getting his game day preparation in, that he's still preparing to play a football game, get him a couple of drives to get his juices flowing and, you know, get into the swing of things. And then maybe by the end of the first quarter, you sit him down and put Barkley in for the rest of the game and, but I don't know defensively I would be more cautious and I would say I don't really think you know a lot of these veterans it it doesn't that much good to to have them play against the Jets this week I mean like Porter and Hyde like I know I know that they don't really have a ton of playoff experience but I think they're you know they're professionals and and they know what their their body needs at this point where you know they they can take a rest and and they're you know we don't need them getting injured I'd say like Alexander and um, I don't know. A lot of these linebackers, and maybe Edmonds plays because he's young and he plays a couple series. But you know, I, I I don't. I wouldn't mind seeing a lot of the backups play the majority of the game. Um, yeah, that's just my take on it.
0: Yeah, I'm, i I guess I kind of agree. I would agree with that. Um, I don't know. Do you think it's like weird though if you you put your stars out there for a drive or two? I mean, like I don't. I don't know. I feel like it's either they're playing or they're not. I know you say, you can say like treat it like a preseason game. It's just I don't know. I think they have to get maybe a little bit more than a couple drives. Up. Like I want if it was me, I would have Allen play like a like a half or like a quarter
1: probably because well oh, that's what I said. I said the first quarter. Yeah, yeah.
0: Okay, so I, I agree because I mean we just so bad on extra rest. I feel like and and it's weird and, and and it sounds weird. And probably a lot of people are listening and being like, no, you got to rest these guys. Like, what are you talking about? Because obviously an injury is the worst thing that's going to happen um, by, you know, by any means to whatever player. But I mean, I think you have to take it by position, like you said, and look at it that way. And maybe, you know, maybe Trey White, I don't think he, he needs to play. Um, maybe be a little bit more leaning on the defense because I feel like our defense, even though that, that was a problem kind of off the by with our defense in the run. But I don't know. It's, it's interesting. If I had to guess, I assume that he's probably not going to play the starters at all. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I don't think that he's really thinking what we're thinking at all. So I, I don't expect Allen to play from throwing Matt Parkley game against the Jets. And I don't know. It's honestly a toss up at that point because the Jets will probably be playing all their starters. And if we win, that'd be awesome because it's way better. Like 11 5 sounds way better than 10 6. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter at all because we're in the playoffs and we're locked in that five seed. Um, but. Moving forward, and by the way, do the playoffs start? So right after next week's game, is it, one, is it the
1: week after the playoffs? Yeah, it's, it's our weekend is, yeah, the week after uh, the New Year's.
0: Okay, so moving a little segue into that, it's looking like we're probably going to be playing in Houston against the Texans, which we you know, previewed a little bit last week when we were looking at the playoff picture. We said that that could be our potential matchup. Um, we're recording this right now as the Bears and the Chiefs are playing. So if the Chiefs win, and then you no, know, the Bears win. No, no. If the Chiefs win, we the the Chiefs keep winning. We, we're going to play houston's instead. Of the oh Chiefs. yeah,
1: yeah. Sorry, I thought you go yeah. the other way.
0: Yeah. So which both you and I agreed, we'd much rather play the Texans and the Chiefs. Right. And so I mean, let's that's probably I'm thinking that's going to be the match, and let's just act like it is as of now, just to talk about it. Um. In Houston, in the Dome, I I said this last week, I like that matchup. I think that, yeah, they have a nice offense. I mean, Deshaun Watson, he's a playmaker, but I trust our defense against any team. And then I don't think Houston's D is honestly that good. I know J.J. Watt will be back for playoffs, but I don't think the D is that good. Why? And that's why I like the matchup, because our offense is obviously so bad that we need you know to t- play as a team with. Like like I just said earlier, that we've gone through all these teams with awesome defenses. If we can let up and get a a team that you know isn't as isn't as good a defense, maybe Allen can get Cook in, and maybe something can you know come up. So I actually I do like that matchup. And obviously you don't want to play Mahomes first round or anything like that. So Houston's a team that I want to play. I mean, thoughts on that?
1: No, I agree. We were talking. I mean, I think we talked about this a little bit last podcast, but. Um, If you're comparing playing in Kansas City versus in Houston, I think it's a no-brainer that you'd rather play in Houston. Um, I mean, just from arguably like a franchise vibe and home field advantage standpoint, I would say that Kansas City is a much harder place to play than in Houston. Um, Houston's at a dome and they're kind of a newer franchise, I'd say, where Kansas city, I mean, it's, it's, you know, you don't want to go to arrowhead in the playoffs, especially with the team that they have this year. Like you said, you don't want to play Mahomes first round and they have some unreal weapons running the ball. And in the passing game, you know, I'd say probably one of the fastest offenses in the league. Um, and then their defense has actually been playing better of, of late, I'd say. Um, but I mean, their defense isn't scary at all, but if you look at Houston, like you said, yeah, I, I'm not really scared of their defense. I think they will. I think we were talking about this earlier. It may, they'll maybe have J.J. Watt back for the playoffs. Yeah. So, I mean, that's another, that's another factor. Um, but I think their their defense isn't as good as it has been in years past. They lost David Clowney this year. Um, and and I just think, like you said, dude, and we've been through a gauntlet these past couple of games. And Allen's been really tested against some really, really good de- defenses. So, going up against this Houston defense, which is, like, like, like I said, I'd, I'd say it's not great. It's not, it's not bad. Um, just I'd say middle of the pack. Give him an opportunity to maybe have some time and, and pick, them, pick them apart a little bit, like kind of we saw against Dallas. Um, 'Cause I, I I don't know, I think their defense is kinda similar. I don't know, would you say that?
0: Yeah, I mean I thought I mean Dallas is a whole other story. I thought I mean they you know, everybody knows what's on going on with Dallas seven and eight now with a talent, you know, a bunch of talent on both the offense and defensive sides. It's just a weird team for them. I think they're talent wise, I think their defense is top five in the league, but you know, they haven't performed to that level. So yeah, I'd say maybe that could be a good comparison. Um
1: Yeah, but I was just gonna say um Sorry, talking about the, the Houston, though, what, I, what I'm worried about, as I mentioned this in our last podcast, is we, we really have to, to control the pace of this game. Um, this can't be a game where we're, if you look at the Steelers game or even maybe how we kind of went into the Ravens and Patriots games where if you look at those teams, right, we know the Steelers have a really good defense and a very, very bad offense. They just lost to the Jets this week, um, and they, they couldn't score against the Jets. Yeah, it's tough. Um, Patriots, like we just talked about in our our recap there, Um, very best defense in the league. But Tom Brady's on a down year, and if you look at, you know, their offensive, like, ratings and their stats, they're objectively a bad offense this year. If you look at the Ravens, very good offense. Don't get me wrong, obviously. But they don't really have – I don't know – Besides, besides Lamar Lamar Jackson is that offense if you look at it right. I mean, Mark Ingram's yeah. good, but Mark Ingram alone doesn't scare me. They don't have any like stud yeah. wideouts. They, they don't the tight end Yeah, a they, have a, they have They just have a really well designed offense around Lamar Jackson, who's a, probably going to be the MVP maybe this year. No, for sure he is He's so like minus odds. The one thing that. that scares me is that if you look at our our team, you can't really name a team we've played this year that has offensive weapons like the texans do where besides the ravens but like i was saying like you say like deandre hopkins yes i'm I'm worried about skill guys i'm worried about our secondary covering deandre hopkins um i'm worried about they have a nice dual threat running back game low-key with carlos hyde and duke johnson and i'm worried about having to contain deshaun watson as well because i mean he's He's a dual threat quarterback in himself. I mean, he's not Lamar Jackson, but he's, you know, he's arguably a better passer, and he's got DeAndre Hopkins to throw to, so he can be a little more risky with his passes. You know, he can throw the deep ball really well. I'm just saying, we our, our secondary hasn't really been tested with a legit. I'd say top. Right. I mean, Hopkins is probably top three in the league in yeah, wideouts. I think it's him
0: and Michael Thomas are the top two. Yeah, so, and I mean, then
1: maybe Julio
0: Jones. Yeah. Is three. To your point, like. I know the obviously the Browns haven't been near as what people thought they would be, and they're like not you know they're not a good team. But yeah. but if you're trying to find I guess a comparable team, you know, of what you're saying, you you know they still did we played them this year and they have OBJ Landry Chubb Kareem Hunt. Right. Like they have that same kind of you know structure that you're talking yeah. about by the Texans, and we struggled. You know, cut, you know, containing the Browns, we lost that game. So, and they drove you know they drove it down on us. The, the last half of the game to win the game pretty easily. So I, I know what you're saying. Like, to your point, yeah, it makes sense against those kind of teams with skilled guys. And,
1: and yeah, obviously it sounds obvious
0: that we're saying out loud, yeah, if a team has good guys, they're going to probably be harder to contain. But we haven't really had to deal with that this year, like like to your point. Right. So, so I'm just I'm –
1: just, what I'm saying, we gotta we got to be able to control the pace of play. When we play against the Steelers, the Ravens, the Patriots, we kind of work more conservative on offense, I'd say – um you know run the ball a lot and then play field position cause, and then kind of say okay we're gonna make you beat our defense for you to beat us like right. you rely on our defense I think if you play that way against the Texans that's how you get burned where I think you gotta you, let I, yeah to you gotta you gotta let Allen loose a little bit you gotta kind of make some riskier plays you gotta score you gotta make sure that we score you gotta hold on to the ball you gotta control the clock you gotta Keep your defense off the field. Keep them rested. Because the Houston's fast. They're going to come at you um, with speed. They're going to throw the ball down the field. They're going to run the sweep. They're going to run it right up the middle with Carlos Hyde. They're going to bring the whole nine yards, kind of like what the Browns did on us, too. And I think that kind of – having those outside weapons for the Browns kind of opened up their inside run game, too. Which – because, I mean, I just – that game really sticks in my mind is a game that, you know, Nick Chubb absolutely hit up on the ground up the middle. And I'm worried that Carlos Hyde's kind of going to do something similar if we're really concerned about Hopkins and um, Fuller there. He might be hurt beating us deep. But that's kind of my take on on Houston. Definitely beatable. Um, I would say I'm confident going into the game. I mean, spread-wise, I'd say it'd probably be Houston minus three would be my guess. Minus three, minus four would be the spread going into the game. I think it's pretty even, I'd say, just because they have the home field. So... I mean, I'm excited, but yeah, uh tough, tough lot loss to the Patriots this week. It feels worse than it actually what is when, you know, after your day removed from it. Um, I mean, going into this game, you're coming off a playoff clinching game against the Steelers, of the whole city's fired up, the whole fan base is ready to, you know, prove ourselves again against the Patriots, um, and prove that, you know, they're not the, the bully that they always are. And then when you fall up when you come up short, it kinda stinks. But I, I think we did
0: prove though that we
1: are a good team. Like, yeah, I, I would say. I mean, and we already knew that. Yeah, but I think, I don't. Know, I think I we're think, getting more I respect think, from other teams. I now, think I Patriots think. fans kind of respect us a little more after that game too. That they realize that wow, that was a really hard win. Like that wasn't a, a classic Buffalo game in Foxborough, where especially on those circumstances with the, the division on the line, right? Usually that'd be a game where the Patriots would win that like thirty-eight to ten or something like that and it wouldn't be close because they're just proving a point and for us to be, you know, with them within one score and then leading in the second half um, and then having them to really have to grind it out. And Brady put together, you know, a, a fourth quarter drive to take the lead on us. Um, I think they're like tipping our cap. And I I think that, you know, they wouldn't, <laughs> I, I don't think they'd be signing up to play us again. If, if we caught Pats in the, in the playoffs. Mm-hmm just based on how tough our defense is and, you know, Allen, like you said, he put some, not consistent enough, but he did put some nice drives together. And, you know, the throw to John Brown was unbelievable. The throw to Dawson Knox was unbelievable. He started to hit
0: that deep ball a little bit more. Yeah. A little bit more accurate.
1: Right. And so I, you know, I'd say if we do win in Houston, I know I'm getting a little ahead of myself. Um, we're, Probably gonna either play New England or or Baltimore, depending on how things shake out. You know, next week and who wins the wild card weekend. Would you but, rather
0: play New England or Baltimore?
1: Um, I mean, we were just talking about this. I probably, I guess, I probably would. Honestly, I mean, Baltimore seemed to give us the most trouble um, moving the ball. And you know, I don't, I don't know. I just can't sign up
0: to play. Like, I think first of all, the Patriots game and the Ravens game were both very similar in, in the score, you know? I mean, so, they were
1: exactly the same score.
0: Was it, was it 24-17 for the Ravens as well?
1: I think it uh, was. maybe Maybe yeah. it was 23-16, but I think they were both seven-point games. So. Okay,
0: yeah. So they are very similar, and I don't know. I, I, you can't tell me that – if it's me, I'm not signing up to play the Patriots in the playoffs. That's basically what I'm getting at, mm-hmm. if it's between the Ravens or the
1: Patriots. No, I get or that. Or the
0: Patriots, um, and then, I mean, real, real quick back to Houston, too. Houston's a weird team also because, you know, they beat the Patriots, right? And then they come back the next week. And I forgot who they played, but it wasn't uh, the, the Broncos.
1: And they got smoked. And they got
0: blown out by the Broncos. Yeah. So, but I guess, I don't know, that's just the NFL in general. We got smoked by the Eagles. The Arizona, the Cardinals just beat the Seahawks yesterday. So, I mean, that's just the NFL. You know, games like that are going to happen. But, um, I mean, anything else on the, on the Bills and –
1: and, you know their future the game yesterday or anything like that before no i mean world. like i said i think i've already touched on this i mean i'm happy for the direction that we're going like like i was just talking about i think we kind of proved something to you know, the Patriots fan base that we're kind of a different bills team now um and it kind of it kind of after the dust settles a little bit gives you hope that the crown may be, be the tides may be turning in the AFC East a little bit with Brady kind of getting older. The Bills got – I have this young core that they're kind of hopefully going to build around. Um, a ton of cap space. And yeah, a ton of cap space this off season. And we are just looking at the free agents. There's not many key guys that we're going to be um, – going that are going to be losing free agency. So it really gives us the flexibility to maybe go out and spend a little bit more and get some key offensive weapons to put around Josh Allen, bring him to the next level. And, you know, actually – Start looking like a perennial maybe playoff team here. Get Josh Allen more experience. Get him some more help. Like I said, and bolster our defense up a little bit. Um, maybe get an edge rusher or something. Yeah, just, just work
0: around with what we have. You yeah, know I'm saying,
1: you know. So I think that's that's the one thing that I want to make sure that you know Bills fans take away from this week is that, you know, even though we lost, and there's no more moral victories with this team, especially when you're a ten and four football team, ten kind of five football team. Uh-huh. There's no, you can't have moral victories anymore. But I just think that going into this off season should be more encouraging, a different vibe. Um, you know, depending on, you know, again, we got we got a playoff game to play, and I, yeah, I'd hate to see us go, you know, one and out. Even though you know we both came in with six and ten expectations, I think the way the season goes has gone. Um, we'd like, you know, obviously like to see us get a win, but I think going into this off season, you know, we're we should be optimistic as as a fan base and really appreciate kind of how the season went and the steps that we've taken so far.
0: Agree. Agree. And I've been trying to tell that to you this whole season. He's <laughs> finally coming around. But yeah, you've got to be happy, man. I mean, we're 10 5 same here. Playoffs after week 15. Not good the past 20 years. This is where we're at now. So. It does look like the tides maybe turn a little bit. I don't want you know hold your breath. I don't want to
1: yeah don't get, change get a, it.
0: Yeah, get ahead of myself. But yeah, I mean the the way that this year's gone with Allen with his improvements and obviously the Patriots, That's it's so annoying though with the Patriots is that when their offense is you know as bad as it is this year just numbers wise and if you watch them you can tell that it's not really a good offense and they're still just. In my mind, favorites to win the Super Bowl. In my mind, you know the best team out there. They also all of a sudden have a sick defense. They're still eleven and three or whatever their record is. Like it's just so annoying because they s- stay king somehow all the time. But hey, Brady can't play forever, so maybe turning a little bit now. Um, but anyway, I don't. I think we're done with this with the Bills talk uh, at this point, and we can move on to the Buffalo Sabers who also played on Saturday at home against the L.A. Kings. Me and Ethan were both at the game. Um, and I think the biggest news in Sabres hockey right now was, you know, the surprise of Eichel not playing the other night in Philly. Right. Um, so this past week we had games against Philly. Uh, who was the game against before that earlier in the week on Tuesday? Toronto, Toronto Philly, and then we had the Kings. I think going into the week, Ethan said that he would be happy with four out of the six points. I agreed with that. We ended up coming out our away with two out of the six. Uh, but that game against Philly, as soon as I, we heard Eichel was scratched, I mean, that's almost like it. It's, it, it's almost – I think we got to talk about how, you know, how good Jack Eichel really is. Because he gets scratched and gets out of the game. We lose six to one. And the, the game he comes back, we win. I mean, they look so bad. I don't, I don't know if the, the team was just playing so bad in Philly because their morale was low because they knew that Eichel wasn't on the ice or how that all went down. But, I mean, dude's on a 17-game point streak, which ends, by the way, because he didn't play, which was kind of stupid but whatever. But then he comes back and gets two more points in the game. He comes back in. And, I mean, it's, I don't know. It's, it, it was tough to see because it just proves that he is really good, but it also proves that we have a lot you know, of work to do on this roster because if he doesn't play, we're screwed.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, that game was over before, as soon as the puck dropped, uh, you know. I'm talking Eichel, about the Philly game. Yeah, the Philly way, game. Six to one
0: final score.
1: Yeah, Eichel's having an unbelievable year. Second in the league in goals, I believe, right now. Um, like you said, was on a 17-game point streak and then missed a game, and so it technically ends. But then, I mean, if you're considering – if you if you take that out of the equation, he comes back Saturday and keeps the streak going with an assist already. Yeah, two apples. So, two Two assists. So – I mean the guy's unbelievable and it really does show why he should be an MVP candidate so far this season. I mean he just puts the team on his back night in and night out and he he knows at this point I think where if he's not involved in the score sheet this team can't win. Um, and it was it, it shows that his game is so much more involved now just it's not just his scoring ability that this team misses when he's out of the lineup it's his leadership, it's his ability in the defensive zone. Um, it's his ability to carry the puck up the ice it's his ability to set up and carry our power play his zone entries his just ability where if someone's in trouble and you get him the puck he can he's just so calm cool collected and can just slow the game down where you know it's it's simple stuff where if you get him the puck he can um, control it and let your guys change and get new legs on the ice stuff like that you're not running around with him on the ice and it's situational stuff too, where you know if if you have a D zone face off, right? You you put his him out there because you know that I mean he's not a great face off guy, but he's just your best player, and and he's gonna be responsible in the d zone. He's gonna you know, get the puck out of the net or sorry, out of your own zone, and um, yeah, he just d- does stuff like that where. I don't know we haven't seen that from him I think earlier in his first couple seasons with the sabers but I mean he's doing it all this year he's not just scoring he's like I said his he's defensive is, games all yeah he's just a complete player I'd say this year and which exactly is what an mvp type player should be doing um and he, it's showing why we drafted him you know second overall in 2015 and what the player that we are expecting to get is really coming to, to fruition this year
0: yeah, and people forget he's still only 23 years old. So he's hitting his stride now. I mean, you'd think he has at least, you know, 10 more years of this is, you know, this is his peak right now. He's he's maturing into that player that we all knew he was. And, we, you know, sometimes it takes a little bit of time with these younger guys, which is why, you know, yeah, I'm I'm pretty harsh on Dalin sometimes, but maybe I need to couple on him a little bit too, because sometimes you just got to get to know the game a little bit at the next level. I need to be playing some the best players in the world. But... Back to that Philly game, I mean, and to your point about it's not just his scoring, it's his leadership, it's the whole package. The team just as a whole looked absolutely lost, you know, without him on the ice, without him on the bench, without him, you know, playing. And it's just – it's tough because, like I said, it just – also, it's not – we didn't just lose the game, you know, another game. It was the way we lost it. Six to one, not even close. Luckily, I had a men's league hockey game that night, so I didn't even get to watch the second or third periods. Um I shut glad. it off. Yeah, you shut it off. So, it's like I don't know. I mean, because you think that you know Olsen's having a great year this year. Reinhardt, we think is a pretty nice player, but so, some of these guys need to step up and and start playing playing some hockey, and playing what they're you know they're supposed to be doing out there. Because you know it's Jeff Skinner. I don't know the last time he scored a goal, and and and, and I feel like on the Sabers right now, if you're if if you're a guy on the Sabers, if I'm Sam Reinhardt, if I'm Skinner. You have to take a little of this personally when Eichels get scratched and all of a sudden the whole fan base is freaking out saying we have we have no chance to win when this guy's on the ice. I mean, don't you take that a little bit personally? Like yeah. dude, like well, I'm still here, you know, Skinner, I, I have forty talks last year and these guys need to, but but at this point they have no, you know, nothing, nothing to stand back it up. on, nothing to back it up because it's true, he's out one game, we lose six one, he comes back, he scores another two points and and we win the game. And so these some of these guys need to start playing some you know better hockey start helping this guy out a little bit because you need depth in the NHL and you need depth if you're gonna make runs in the playoffs for the future and it's just tough to see like start taking it personally because if you're on that team and. Your best player goes down and everyone's saying, oh, we're screwed. I mean, you see with the Penguins, like the best players, the best teams when their best players go out, they're still able to muster up wins and go 500 or a little over 500 when those t- players are out. The St. Louis Blues, Tarot hurt earlier this year. Still an absolute wagon. Um, like I just mentioned, the Pens, Penguins. their whole, their whole like, team is hurt. Like Crosby's out and then Malkin. Whenever Crosby's out, Malkin plays better statistically um melkin's hurt i think too but they have other guys stepping up and finding ways to get it done so if one guy's changing your team that much yeah you can maybe be optimistic and look at it and say well he's actually really just that good but but at the same time it's really just the rest of the team might just be that bad so i don't know it it was tough to watch um I mean, glad he is back. I hope he's okay because you know how hockey injuries are. They're so sketchy. And they interviewed him after that game. Obviously, he practiced the next day and then played. So, but, the, you know, they interviewed him and they said, were asking him about the injury. and He said, I'll just, you know, let me just tell you, it's maybe something I've been, like, dealing with a little bit. And I just feel like to go. I don't know if he's just saying that and he was just having a rest day or something. Um, but I don't know. I, I don't know. Hopefully, it's not a big deal. And it, it doesn't look like it will be. because he did play, you know, and he looked fine on the ice on Saturday. Um, but I don't know, moving forward, I guess, if you want to look at the schedule or, um, look what we got coming up.
1: So you want to do that? Yeah. Okay. So, so we got, uh, Ottawa on Monday, then we're off for three days. Um, we're in Ottawa, sorry, Monday. Then we got, we're off for three days for the Christmas break. Then we got Boston at home on Friday where both me and you will be at that one. Um, and then we got Boston again, uh, in Boston on Sunday. So, those are the three games coming up this week.
0: So, it's Ottawa and then Boston
1: twice? Yeah. A little home and okay. home with the Bruins. So, I mean, you got to take care of business in Ottawa. I mean, yeah. That's, that's not, a, not an option. They're really bad this year.
0: <laughs> right. So, and probably, I don't know, Huddle probably playing. He's a sieve. But, yeah. I mean, we got to take care of business there. And then, tough home and home against probably the best team in hockey right now in Boston. Um
1: uh, they've been kind of not playing their best hockey, but I mean they're just wagging this year.
0: Yeah, no, they're really good. So um need to win in Ottawa and then I say if we can split with Boston, that's a win for us. You know? I would can, agree with that. We yep. can't we can't hopefully we can get one or maybe even a point. Yeah, <laughs> like, I, like like I don't know, but um I don't know, what's your take what's your takes on these games going up here?
1: Yeah, no, I would agree with that. Need need to win in Ottawa on Monday. Uh, or, excuse me, tonight when you're listening to this. And a split with the Bruins would be ideal. Um, I mean, like you said, they're, they're, their team's unbelievable. Um, they have probably the, the best line in hockey in Pasternak, Marchand, and Bergeron. And, I mean, they've had that title, I think, it seems like for the last couple of years now. Um, I mean, Pasternak is the only guy in the entire league that has more goals than Eichel right now. Um, and, like, they're just a solid team from front to back and have great goaltending in Tuka Rask, who's super underappreciated. You know, when you talk about Vesla Caliber goalies, I feel like he always gets left out out of the conversation, Um, but he always seems to answer the bell come playoff time when, you know, the the stage is the biggest. Uh, And then also, you know, their back end, is not the same back end that you're used to when you think of Boston Bruins hockey. I mean, they still do have Zidane Chara, but I mean, he's kind of an afterthought at this point with who they got back there with McAvoy, Krug, um, Brandon Carlo is really good for them. They just got to kind of, it's crazy how fast they this team reloaded where they didn't really miss a beat from the teams that won the cup back in what, 2011. Yeah. That time timeframe. Um, and they just consistently have been good since you know, since then almost. I mean, they had a couple down years, but I mean, they just reloaded really fast and they have, you know, not a bunch of, I'd say besides that one line, which, which is awesome. Their other lines aren't super high profile guys, but they're just grinders and they got a lot of speed and they play really well together and they just wear you down, wear you down, wear you down to the point where they make you make mistakes and they're in your own zone, turn the puck over and then they really capitalize. So, I mean, like you said, really good team. If we were able to win one of those two games, you know, maybe sneak a point over time, if we get three points, I will be absolutely ecstatic. But I think the goal should, again, four out of six points. Um, it's getting to the point in the season where, you know, this it, it doesn't, you know, we talk about making trades every every episode here. You know, you, it sounds like when your sound that you just went off on was more directed towards the players that are on this roster now, which I agree yeah, at with. At some point, yeah, gotta,
0: you know, okay, a trade's not coming, right? Or maybe right. it is, but at some point, you know, we haven't made one, so the guys on the team, right. need to step up. And we need to play with the, you know, the roster.
1: Yeah, that we have. no, because it's getting to the point in the season where my expectations are almost to the point where I'm not even expecting the trade anymore, and so right. I'm just my expectations are now going forward, based on our current roster. So. I mean, it's, it's, it looks- it's just show-me-time now. It's where we had a great start to the season, a horrible November, kind of an – I feel like an up-and-down December so far. Um, so, I mean, it, we're kind of – I think we're, we're, like, riding around that middle of the pack. We're right outside playoffs right now. And, and, and who knows if the Atlantic – you know, at some point, you've got to think that Atlantic's going to catch
0: up with us because there's a lot of team, good teams in that division that haven't been playing good start of the year. So, you know, Tampa Bay is obviously a really good team, but they haven't been playing well. So you gotta you have to, you know, assume that they're gonna catch they're gonna up. Pick it up. Same with Toronto. They've been playing better ever since they had the coaching change. Um, you know, Montreal I think is kind of similar to us. They're not a great team, but you know, they, they have some players over there and, and they play good hockey as well. Obviously Boston, we were just we just Ethan just went off about them. They're the best team in the NHL or one of the best teams in the NHL right now. Um, just <clears throat> running away with that division. So, yeah, so you got to assume that, that those guys are going to start playing well. We also have games in hand, so that's why we you know, had more opportunities for points and in the Atlantic for a little bit. Right now, if the season ended, we wouldn't make the playoffs. But, I mean, yeah, you got to look at it. I agree. You have to look at it right now with the guys on this roster and, you know, how are we going to do it with these guys? And is Kruger, you know, is Kruger going to – Stop playing seven D at some point. I, I don't know. I mean, it's also to the point where that's just like the normal, you know, the norm with him now, and the, these line combinations and stuff. I still don't really agree with, but obviously that's what's been the whole year. So, um,
1: it's just knows? a weird. It's it's been a weird season so far, kind of. Yeah, I mean, it, it's been the like because like I don't know. I don't know if I'm frustrated or I don't know if if I'm impressed. It's it's weird because Eichel's been so good that you're just so encouraged with how he's been. But then around him, you're so discouraged with a lot of these guys, you know, middle getting sent down, um, you know, when he's out of the lineup. That Philly game was super telling to me. But when he's out of the lineup, nobody steps up and everybody kind of just ties into a shell. Pauline's been kind of having a really bad year for what his expectations were. And I think some of these defensemen that we brought in, maybe we had a little bit higher expectations than what they actually have done so far. For sure. And, and I think some of our forward depth, we kind of – overlooked I'd say going into the season so besides Eichel I, I think based on expectations on the year a lot of these people have been underperforming so as a fan it's kind of hard for me to say you know when someone asks me how are the Sabres doing this year I go eh, you know because you, 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 you
0: have a guy like with like Eichel and the way he's playing you have a chance every night and that's
1: what makes him so good and that's what <clears throat> but but when you but the way this team's structured is you have a chance every night but you're just, it's just not, you're not confident though, I no, feel like.
0: No, for sure, no, I agree but yeah, it's, but but that's how good he is, is that you do have a chance to money, but you're right, it's everywhere else it's not its not great, and I mean, I, I don't want to get back to, you know, stroking off Michael again, but I mean he he was always compared to a lot of compares, comparisons with him go to Austin Matthews, right? And I was talking about this the other night with one of my buddies I think that Now, you know, after these first 35 games of the season or so, and the way Eichel's been playing, the way he's shown, you know, what he's got, I mean, I don't think Matthews is putting up near as many the numbers that Eichel is right now if he's on the Sabres. I would agree with that. I I think Eichel is a legit top five player in the NHL, and that's that's why you have a chance every night. But like you said, without him in the lineup, you see what happens, and then, you know, he can't carry the entire team. So... Yes, it's definitely a weird season. It's definitely um tough to watch at times. I I, I don't know, Darlene is someone on my on my radar that has been very, very frustrating for me. I know I, I, I overreact on him a little bit sometimes. I'm kind of a big overreaction guy, but I don't know. It, the the defense situation, the whole I don't know, Kruger, I don't I really like Kruger to be honest. And but if you're still in the playoff hunt right now and you still have a guy like Michael the way he's playing I guess we we still have a chance to make the playoffs. It's like you so. can't give up yet, right? Exactly. So I don't know. You got anything else to say on the set the swords? No, I think I'm, I think I'm all set there. All set on the swords. Um, all right. I mean, I think I guess that wraps everything up. Then um, moving forward, I think we might try to introduce like a new segment or something. You know, our our dad. We talked about him a little bit on here. He was on the on the first podcast. <clears throat> he always has some interesting takes, I'd say. He hot, he's a big hot take guy. So so we were thinking about maybe like doing a whatever he said for the week at some point because he'll just spew stuff out while we're watching sports
1: together. Um, I mean he's just, like he's like your classic uh, guy that like he really watches the Bills and Sabres and I mean he follows he follows the other like teams in the league but like I think that he he thinks he, he thinks knows, he knows more, way more about yeah. other
0: teams than because he does. just
1: he's a busy guy. He works a lot. He obviously doesn't spend as much time as we do looking into like you know trades and other just watching other other games. He really focuses on the Bills and Sabres because that's what he likes and has time for. I'd say so. Like when he when we'll <laughs> give him the example. Yeah. So like the latest one was um when <laughs> were you guys watching that like Oilers game or something? It was.
0: I think it was we were watching. Yeah,
1: I think it was when we were playing the Oilers or something. Yeah. So his oh, take, oh, oh. his take was like out of nowhere. Or you, you were saying like, wow, Drysdale is really good. Like he's a great compliment to McDavid, and he's like really underappreciated if you look at his stats. Like he's top ten in points, I think, in the league. He's top
0: two with the McDavid leading the league.
1: Yeah. So, um, and his his comparison of Drysdale was. Um, Kyle Oposo to John Tavares when they played on the Islanders together and how once Oposo left the Islanders and didn't have Tavares centering him, that, that's what we get on the Sabres now. And, like, that yeah. that, so that, compared, that was his take. He's basically in comparison to Oposo and Right. I mean, Oposo, Islanders Oposo with right. Tavares to Drive cycle and McDavid now, which right. is absolutely insane that, I mean, if, if you even look at the numbers – what Oposo put up, I mean, he had some good seasons. I'm not gonna lie. With when when he was younger and playing with John Tavares, but he's not even coming close to what Drysaddle does. And, yeah. and if you look at like the, how they play, it's like it's like Drysaddle so fast he buzzes like down the
0: ice. And then you look, and, and this isn't like a shot at Oposo that much because I've actually that's something else we <laughs> excuse me that we can actually talk about is his line. I've actually liked his game a lot this year. He's kind of taking on a new role in his like older years. But, like, if you watch Oposo, he's, like, grinding down the corner. He's, like, pretty slow, and his shot isn't really that great anymore. Dreisaitl is, like, super fast, big frame, tape to tape, snapping it, like, had like leading, like, scorer in the league. <laughs> like, uh, how are you saying that that's posto when he's on the
1: island? Yeah. He's just – I don't know. I mean – let us know if, if you think that that's a crazy take or if we're crazy for thinking of the crazy take. But, I mean, I think more people are going to be on our side than, than Dad's side. Yeah, so that was just a little example. But, like,
0: I was just thinking maybe we can bring that into the okay, – podcast, just getting a little funny, funny discussion going. Um, and I guess – I don't know, I, I hit it out there for a second. The only one other thing i say before we wrap this up is that po- the Oposa line this year. Oposa, you know, Larson, and Gary, says I've seen Larson's been hurt for the past couple games – They've been our second-best line. Yeah. I mean, you if, got a, to,
1: if you were to number the lines, they'd probably be two.
0: Yeah. <laughs> actually, yeah, if you're going to number them, we don't do that. Poso, no. yeah. um, so I just, I just want to give them a little quick shout-out there because they've actually been solid. And I know we've read on Oposo a, a lot over the past um, – you know, obviously we only started this podcast this year, but even before so, we, you know, we didn't like Oposo at all. But I think he actually has redefined his game. Uh, on that kind of a more of a grinder now and just the chemistry with Larson and Gurinsons, they, when they're on the ice, I mean, they hardly play in our own zone. So they're not really putting the puck in the net a lot, but they're a huge possession line and they keep possession down low and wear the other teams down a lot, draw penalties. So you got to give them a quick shout out, but um, I think that wraps this episode up. Uh, Thank you for listening. Uh, Tough loss to the Patriots, but we're still in the playoffs. Obviously the Bills, So look out for that matchup. It's looking like it's going to be Houston for the wildcard weekend. And then hopefully Sabres can um, take care of business in Ottawa and then maybe split with Boston. That would be huge. But have a great week. Go Bills, go Sabres, and I will talk to you next week.
1: I i try like that